Welcome to Body and Soul, the Torah Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm Rabbi Alexander Seinfeld. Last week's episode, which focused on the physiology of liquid sugar and how that impacts the liver and our health, received numerous compliments and words of appreciation. And if you missed it, it's highly recommended to hear those eight minutes. Two questions were raised by listeners. Number one, what about regular fruit, not squeezed fruit, just a piece of fruit, an apple, an orange? Does the danger of fruit juice, liquid fructose, apply to eating solid fruit? The answer is not no and not yes. It's not as much. First of all, when you eat an apple, you're eating not only the juice, but the fiber which slows down the digestion of that fructose and doesn't overwhelm the liver in the same way that liquid apple juice does. Second of all, the volume is considerably less. One typical glass of apple juice may take three or four apples. How often does a person sit down and eat four apples in one sitting? That might not be such a good thing. That might also be too much fructose. Sitting down to eat one apple, one orange, one grapefruit, that's relatively small amount of fructose. And as we said last week, the message is not to cut out all juice and all fructose. It's just to cut it down. The second question that was raised by a listener regarding fructose, regarding sugar, what does the Torah say about it? It's great to hear the medical physiological, scientific information, but is there a Torah take on it? It's actually quite interesting. Many people relate to the temple, the tabernacle, and the Torah as either historical, this is what used to be in Judaism before the temple was destroyed, or aspirational, this is what may be in the future. But in present-day Judaism, The temple doesn't really mean much other than perhaps guide the liturgy that we have. Our prayers, our prayer services tend to be based on the temple service. But that's a mistake. There are profound lessons about life that we can learn from the temple or the tabernacle as it's described in the Torah. For example, the altar where sacrificial offerings were brought teaches us lessons about our table. We are meant to look at our table, our dining room table, as a quasi-altar. This is the reason for having salt on the table when we eat. Salt, to remind us that just like the offerings always had to have salt, so we have salt on the table to remind us to treat our table like an altar. Now it's interesting. The Torah lists a number of different offerings that were brought onto the altar. There's sheep and goats bulls and sometimes grain, but there's no chicken offering. There's no hard-boiled egg offering. Even though chicken and hard-boiled eggs and gazelles and even giraffe, they're all kosher. Technically speaking, they're kosher things to eat, but there's no chicken offering. How do we know that we should not bring a chicken offering? Because it's not listed. That's the general rule. If something is listed, then it can be brought as an offering at the right time. If it's not listed, it cannot be brought. So it's fascinating that 
there are actually two things that the Torah goes out of its way to tell us may never be brought. What are those two things? One is leavening, and the other is sugar. Well, it doesn't say sugar. It says honey, but that means fruit honey, which is what we today call sugar. Our sugar today, whether it's cane sugar or corn syrup, these are just fructose today. These are fruit sugar today. So when the Torah says don't bring saor or devash, that is leavening or honey, what it means is leavening or sugar. But why? Why does the Torah go out of its way to say don't bring these? Again, the rule is if it's not mentioned as yes, it may be brought, then it simply may not be brought. I don't need you to tell me not to bring sugar because I would know if it's not listed, I'm not allowed to bring it. It must be that there's something particularly counterindicative to a spiritual life about added sugar. What is it about added sugar that is counterindicative to spiritual life? And the answer, I believe, is simple. Fructose, that is added sugar, is merely there for taste. That's why we add it. We're not adding it because it adds energy or nutrition. We're adding it because it tastes good. I think the takeaway from this is that if I'm eating something merely for the taste, there's something wrong with that. If I'm eating it because it's going to give me energy or give me nutrition and it, and it tastes good, also it's fine. No problem. Or maybe I'm eating it because my significant other made it and I want to honor him or her by tasting the food that they made. So therefore, the reason I'm eating it is not merely for the taste. But if the only reason I'm putting this thing in my mouth is for the taste, it's not giving me energy I need. It's not giving me nutrition I need. It's merely for the taste. The Torah is telling me that's not the path of wisdom. This is something to think about every time you eat this week. Am I eating this food because it's going to help me? Am I eating this food because it's going to help somebody? Or am I eating it only because it tastes good? This is a way to raise your eating not only to a healthier level, but to a holier level as well. Please send me your feedback to this podcast. Please forward it to someone else who may enjoy it. Please visit TorahHealth.org to get more involved. And until next time, be gesund. Thank you.